Good morning and welcome to MANA. I'm Pastor Ron here at Lighthouse. Excited that you've chosen to join us uh, for this short little devotional. And we're going to be jumping into Proverbs chapter 30, um, which is quite a, a unique little proverb um, for us as we, we look at um, a person who is the writer of this um, chapter, if you will. And um, this is all we know about him. And so we're going to learn a lot from him. Um, but first, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together. Father, where would we be without your wisdom, without your care, without your instruction, without the meditation of our hearts, um, setting our minds on you, as we would say, is, is chewing on uh, your word and, and what it says and, and considering its application for us in life but also what life teaches us. Oh, Lord, some lessons are hard to learn, some we don't fully understand, but yet there's a place of comfort, there's a place of direction, there's a place of wisdom and understanding, in it. and it's sitting at the council of your feet, listening to every word, taking it in, Lord, allowing you to shape our thoughts, our hearts, our minds, our direct our emotions. Thank you, Jesus, that you care so much about us. You care so much that you know even the number of hairs on our head. That's how important we are to you, and so much more. So we ask that you would bless our time now in your word, in Proverbs chapter 30. In your name we pray, amen. So we start off with Proverbs chapter 30, and it says the words of Agur, son of Yachat, Yachath, um, if I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> but the oracle, and, and it's like, well, who is this? This isn't Solomon. You know, Proverbs is written by Solomon, and, and, and the Proverbs are gathered together and, and put into a book uh, by Hezekiah's servants. And, and so all of a sudden, we, we get this unique person that we don't know too much about. And so it's, there was obviously something that the servants of Hezekiah the servants of the king said, this needs to be included in this writing of Proverbs, in this writing of wisdom for men to understand. And so that's what this is about. So let's, let's read together and let's see what applications we can draw from. And my hope is, is that there will be more that you're going to be able to draw from yourself because part of this is to be really good listeners and to consider What's being said, and how is it applicable to my life? So what's said, and how is it applicable to my life? Let's look. Verse 1. The man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. Surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. So if we were to pause and think about why would this man start with this, what seems like condemnation of himself, that he, that he sees himself 
as weary and worn out, one who is too stupid to be even a man. I, I don't even deserve to have life. I don't have understanding. I, I haven't learned wisdom. Um, I, don't, I don't understand the knowledge of the Holy One. That he, as he looks through um, and he says, man, there's, there's more to this life just by examining it, just by looking at the existence of life. And, and he refers to who has ascended to heaven you know, how, how do you get there? It's there, but how do you get there? But what's he speaking about? Is he speaking about the acknowledgement that there has to be something greater? And I truly believe that he is, because he says, who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who is able to do that? No man is capable of gathering the wind in his fist and controlling the wind. Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment as though he is able to do that? Again, um, the, the, the meditation of his mind and, and considering how do I come to a conclusion that there is a holy one and, and that he's greater than what I can see? Um, what is, who has established all the ends of the earth? Yeah, that he's, he sees that the life around me is so great and even if I were to climb to the toppest mount, what do I see? More mountains, far beyond our capability of being able to measure them um, and, and truly know the depth of them and, and how they even came to be. But he reasons, what is his name? And what is his son's name? I think that as he thought about it, he says, you know, there's something about this relationship that I have with my father, the one who has instructed me about things of life and, and how he has poured that into me and, and potentially how this man has maybe becoming a father, one who would be instructing his son and so on as he understands generations. Um, and that he, he says, is there something that's modeled after this unique design that we have? And, and what is his name and what is his son's name? You know, who is the one that's going to, and, and I think that it, it is also meaning, who is the one that's going to learn from this father, from this one who, who does possess this wisdom, who is God, who is the creator, who is greater than what we can begin to think or imagine or even see. Um, and, and then it says, every word of God proves me true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Man, man when I turn and I acknowledge him and I, and I and not even potentially knowing who he is, but recognizing that there must be a God because of the incredible design of life and um, the, the design of mankind and our ability to be able to think and reason and meditate and, and, and pause and consider, what am I learning? And so that's what this man is calling all of us to do is, are you really thinking about the purpose of your life? Are you really thinking about the, you know, where, the, where life came from? And, and are, are you totally convinced of the, the fact that there is more than just an intelligent designer, but that he is God? He is greater than the heavens, um, and, and yet he, he wants to have a relationship with me? Who am I? Oh, that I might see myself correctly 
who am I that God would choose to have a relationship with me? But you see, that's exactly what God has done, is, is he has fearfully and wonderfully made us to have a relationship with him, that we might understand his splendor, but more importantly, we might understand something that he has, and that's his love, his all-consuming love. But see, love never demands obedience. Love creates obedience. So it's like, so how, wait a minute, what does that mean? So in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and, and then 10, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. So it's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, God's mercy, his, his unmerited favor. Um, and I put my faith in God's grace. Um, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God and not of works that no man should boast. And, and so um, that, I, that I recognize that my salvation is made available for me from someone else. I'm resting on the merits of another. But it's not just another. It's the one who has rescued me, and his name is Jesus. And then it goes on. Um, in, in verse 10, and it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, we don't walk in good works and then we have a relationship with God. No, we have a relationship with God first, and then we do the things that he puts on our hearts. See, Christ Jesus has to be first, not the works, because we can't be righteous enough for God to accept us. No, the righteousness exists in God, and we get to receive that type of love that he has for us. And it says, and this is where we're going to conclude today, um, and we'll pick back up in Proverbs 29 next week, but it says, For he made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, righteousness comes not by the things that we do, but by the one who did something for us. And that was Jesus, and that's what he did on that cross for us. And then he overcame the consequence of sin, which is death. You've heard me say this many times before, but that's the value that we have in God's eyes, is you mattered that much to me. Wow. That you would have a, a relationship with me, a wretch like me. And he says, oh, yeah. A wretch just like you, you are the one that I did all of this for so that you may know how much I love you. God bless you, and may you know that God loves you purposefully today so that you may know him. God bless you, and we'll see you next Monday.